1: That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. group void word prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus Block
1: Talk Radio.
0: Welcome to the Shooting Range. I am your host, Jay Miller, and we're here with a very special guest, the son of Strong Style, Mr. James Dean. Can you hear me, James?
2: Yes, sir. I sure can.
0: And how are things going uh, over there? Uh, We actually have you on this week as we're going to talk a little bit about your career thus far. And we're also going to talk about some comments that were made about (coughs) you uh, from Carter Robinson. Uh, just a few weeks ago on the debut edition of The Shooting Range. Uh, but we're going to get into it first. We're going to talk a little bit about who you are and where you come from. So why don't you give the fan, uh, listeners out there a little little bit of history of who you are.
2: Oh, God, that's eight and a half years worth of history, brother. You should know that. I mean, uh, we go all the way back to the Shamrock Nightclub in Barber Tucky, you know?
0: <laughs> uh, I, try, I try to forget those days sometimes.
2: Sometimes, right, you know. Uh, but before before I get into that, um, if you don't mind, I have a special message for a, a little fan of mine. Her name is Noella, and she's a, a fan of mine out of uh, New Eagle, Pennsylvania. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I had a, uh, a Loser Leaves Town retirement match a couple weeks back, um, due in, mostly in part to the surgery issues that I've had to deal with the last couple of weeks. And Noella, sweetie, um, your mother did send me a message to tell me how heartbroken you were. And you still wouldn't take a picture with me no matter how hard I tried. But I did make a promise to you, darling. I made a promise to you that I was going to come back to VWF, and I'm going to do so. It just might not be in the way you hoped. It won't be this month, sweetie, but I will see you in April one way or another. Uh, now, back to business at hand, the beginning, uh, we could go all the way back to 2006, 2007 when uh, I first tried breaking into the business. I um, started training with, oh, I started trying to train with Rocky Reynolds out of Pennsylvania. That didn't really work out so well, so he sent me over to Lamont Williams uh, that kind of in turn segued me into training with Carter Robinson, as he's calling himself now. Uh, again, Shamrock Days, early Ohio Days, things like that. I've been doing this about eight and a half years. Um, I've done some pretty awesome things. I've done some things that weren't so awesome, but again, it's it's all a learning experience, you know. Spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh, Ohio, and Michigan. Done a few things in New York, uh, and that's that's really that's really the history in a nutshell. I mean, we can get more in-depth into things here uh, a little later on. I think we've got, what, an hour and 25 minutes left?
0: Oh, yeah. All right, so um, so let's talk about a little bit about those Shamrock days, because uh, that's, that's where I first ran into you. That's where me and you first met.
2: Um, right. It,
0: it, it was a different atmosphere there than most places. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of a place where a lot of guys went to kind of learn uh, their craft a little bit because it was a smaller crowd and it, it gave guys an opportunity to kind of practice some new stuff.
2: Um, you know, right. and it wasn't and not, really the not most. Not have the, not have the fear of, you know, oh, if I blow this spot in front of, you know, 300 people, I'm going to look like an ass clown. Instead I blow the spot in front of 20 people. They forget it next week because everybody's drinking. <laughs> that's that's and, what and I, I mean- want.
0: That and the Shamrock crowd wasn't really wrestling fans, uh, for the most part. I mean, you you had a few in there, but you had some people that just came just because there's nothing else to do on a Tuesday night in Barberton. Uh, so you know, it was something to do because storylines never really got that deep, uh, at the Shamrock for that fact that it, it wasn't really wrestling fans and they're kind of worried about people not being able to follow along. So, I mean, it, it was right. practice for a lot of guys,
2: it was, it was. I mean, I I can think of one guy that that pops off the top of my head right now that would come down to the Shamrock on Tuesday nights and practice, and that's notorious Shane Taylor. You know, at the time he was T-Bone Shane Taylor. You know, and and look where he's at now. You know, the guy came down; he was there. He was there weekly. You know, and it was great. Oh yeah. Now look at him. He's you know he just recently signed his deal with ROH, and and that's fantastic. Uh, the Shamrock was what it was. I mean, there was a lot of. Untapped talent running through that that bar, you know. Uh, the Andal- Andalinis were a great tag team. You know, those guys could really get a crowd going. Whether there were, you know, ten people or I think the max I ever seen in that place there was about eighty people in there one night. Um, but that was a lot of fun, you know. Uh, I being in there with with Carter Robinson, uh, it, that's so weird to call him that. Um, uh, you know, gave me a chance to to start honing skills as a singles competitor, but then we started doing a lot of tag work there, you know, and that's that's a lot of my, my specialty is in tag team wrestling. You know, I've been on my own off and on for years, but the majority of the stuff I've done is tag team wrestling, and that happens, you know, that started at the Shamrock, you know. So there was a lot of and, and guys and that, there. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say there were a lot of guys there that, you know, I – they couldn't lace my boots, you know, when I was two weeks into the business. But, I mean, who was I to say anything?
0: And, and somehow they're still
2: floating around. I have, I've noticed. But I, to be fair, I kind of stay out of Ohio as much as possible.
0: Anyway, and we're going to talk about that a little later, too, because uh, rumors have been circulating that you may be back in Ohio uh, very soon. We're just going to give that a little teaser, though, and we're going to talk more in depth about that a little later. Uh, um, now, you talked about teaming up with Carter Robinson there at Real Action Wrestling uh, in Barbadon, which is actually, uh, you know, not to my own horn, but I'm the one that got him his first title there. You know, we're, right. but, you know, he, he's not really grateful for that either. That's a different subject.
2: We, we, can, we can talk about Carter a little later on it, I'm not gonna, I don't want to spend an hour and a half Talking about a guy who's Mr. Extra Talent But still bitter about the wrestling business So.
0: And we'll leave that at that for now um, Now you also travel with him to RWA uh, The Sons of Strong style uh, Which you guys went by How, how was your time there?
2: Yeah, At that time we were doing doing a lot of stuff Uh, I was actually at RWA first Um, That was a lot of fun Uh, We had done Getting into RWA uh, We had done some stuff uh, Here and there With um, HKW Hard Knock Wrestling Out of Cleveland Uh, We had done some stuff In Michigan I was already at RWA Thanks to uh, Seth Allen um, Seth Allen k- gave me a call one day and was like, Hey bro, um, they need a fill in guy, can you come down and, and fill in? And I was like at the time I at the time I had uh five hour visits with my daughter at McDonalds. Uh and that was really terrible. But I was sitting with my daughter, we were watching Dora or something on, on the laptop and my phone rings. Didn't answer it, didn't answer it. Seth Allen. Finally I answered it. He says, Hey man, come on down, I, I need some help. You know, they're, they're looking for a fill-in. It's only a couple bucks, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, it's not that far. It's time to show start. It was 7 o'clock. Well, crap. That's a three-and-a-half-hour drive from where I was. So I had to go home, get my stuff, and get down there. And I was there for probably about two-and-a-half years before they finally brought Josh in. Um, and when they did bring him in, like he'd come in, and then we were off to the races at that point. Uh, because we started really working on you know, our identity as a tag team uh, in RWA. And then that branched us out into uh, more of the Michigan stuff and, and all the other stuff that we were doing. Uh, we were trying to get seen by Ring of Honor. Uh, we had done the Dayton, Chicago uh, trip. We had done a couple of Philly trips uh, just trying to get our names out there, trying to get noticed, trying to get seen. And RWA was oh god that's that's an open can of worms to to, to say the least um, the fans there are phenomenal and fantastic they are uh, the crew that works for them uh, everybody from from Hot Wheels the sound guy to Doc and Church the the color guys the ring announcer everybody there is fantastic uh, the locker room the locker room was a little. A little skittish at times, but it just seemed like emotions were always running high, things like that, so on and so forth. Um, The promoter, I'm going to save that for another day. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus right now.
0: Well, that's Um, fine. I I mean, I worked there, too, and uh, let's just say it was a, a good ship with a horrible captain, in my opinion.
2: Sure. Yes. We'll we'll call a spade a spade. We'll we'll leave it where it is. Um, and that relationship, unfortunately, came to a very abrupt end right in the middle of something that was really hot. Um, things had started had started uh, changing uh, for the better as far as from a production standpoint and the talent in the locker room they had brought in. Um, Oi, I 4K and Flip and Kendrick, Flip Kendrick and, and those guys, Lyndon, and it, it was phenomenal. Uh, they had Raver and Gory, uh, who they still have, um, and it was a big, huge uh, four-way tag team. Uh, it, was a, it was literally like three days apart. Um, we did a, a Thursday night taping for something that was supposed to be aired on TV, but I've never seen Or heard hide nor hair of any of this Uh, They had Bruce Pritchard there Cuball Carmichael uh, TV crew, the works But uh, So we did that taping on Thursday And then had the actual show uh, Saturday And that relationship came to an abrupt end Because of a miscue On my part uh, When it comes to G-Raver We We'd called a spot in the back that we had done I don't know, a million times over you know, and nothing had ever gone wrong. I don't know if it was placement, timing, combination of everything. Um, I thought I'm not, I'm just, I'm just gonna shoot straight. I thought I broke his fucking neck on a powerbomb spot that we had done a hundred times. It freaked me out, freaked Josh out. Um, thankfully, it just knocked him out and he he had a concussion. Um, I got I, I I called him every day for weeks until he finally was like, dude, enough, I'm fine. You know. Because like, Brandon is like one of the greatest guys in in the world, and I was absolutely terrified that I was responsible for quite possibly ending his career. Uh, if, if you know G Raver, you know that that certainly is not what happened. He has since turned from this flashy mohawked character into this dark horror, amazing hardcore deathmatch machine and he's doing fantastic so kudos to him um but when that happened um i was like you know i i wasn't really in the right frame of mind at that point with life with wrestling with anything so to be fair i probably shouldn't even walk through that curtain that day um but in turn i talk to the promoter, you know, and it's, you know, I got to take some time. I got to take some time. No, 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 it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll come back around to it later. Um, two, three months went past and I started feeling like, all right, maybe, you know, reach out and see what's going on. I would reach out, reach out, reach out. And I never got anywhere with that. Um, I had talked to some of the, the office ladies, quote unquote, um, and they would be like, Yeah, 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 no, let's let's get you on the phone and do this and then, you know, he would get on the phone, hang up on me, whatever. Fine. So be it. I left it alone. Um and, and that's really okay because I had a kind of a funny taste in my mouth about a couple of things anyway. So I just let it roll and, and I went on back to the drawing board and went back to Michigan. Um ended up taking after that ended up taking probably eight months, nine months off altogether. And then Josh, you know, uh, Carter Robinson calls me up and is like, Hey man, let's 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 do this Michigan thing again. And the Michigan thing was a lot of fun because it was at random. And they were like, We're just gonna we're shooting for T V and we wanna let you guys do you. You know, we're gonna give you we're gonna try to give you guys a platform out here in the Midwest. Uh that was a company run by Brian Hotwell and Johnny Karuba. Two of the best guys I've ever met in this business, and they they did exactly that. They gave us a platform. They let us go out there and do it. You know, they they said they gave, they gave us what what they wanted. We went out there and we had pretty much free reign to do whatever we wanted as long as we got to that final point. And that was a year and a half of amazing you know trips, more or less. Uh, great matches with some great guys. Great great group of people. Uh, sadly, that came to an abrupt end again as well. It seems to happen a lot, unfortunately. And <laughs> uh, no, I came. think I think
0: uh, that that's followed a lot of people around. Is uh, you know, as easy as, as hard as it is to come uh, by booking, sometimes it, it's pretty easy uh, to lose them too.
2: Yeah, it is. It is, and a lot of it, you know, and this is this is one thing. Like a lot of it is, it's it ends up being about money. You know, it's. Promotions don't have enough money for this, or or somebody doesn't want to lose money for that. And and listen, there's a very high probability that you're not going to make money in this business your first couple of times out. You know, and and, and unfortunately, it's a sad truth. But money can be made, but you have to be willing to oh, take that risk to do so. You know, you can't I mean, put on a show with you know a roster of guys that's only worth three hundred and fifty dollars. It's not going to work. You're not going to get the caliber of talent you need to have your fans want to come back. You and I both know this. You know, oh, exactly. if you want to make the I mean, money. You got to spend the money. It,
0: and, and I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of you know a lot of the reason for a lot of companies that don't last too long, a lot of fly by nights companies, is comes down to money or politics nine times out of ten. You know,
2: uh, right. you don't
0: want to spend the money. You're not going to make the money. And if you're going to, you know, let people in the locker room change make you change your mind uh, constantly or you know i mean nine times out of ten if someone's talking to you about what should be done it's for their own benefit and i've learned that and uh you know as, as a promoter that's one of the things i i do is i i keep a core group of guys that i know i can trust that want the best interest of the company but a lot of companies out there just kind of listen to everyone that just wants the best interest for themselves and it causes a downfall
2: right absolutely and And here's the thing, too. It's like you know if I was to run a show, if I was to run a show which i i've I've been trying to do, I've been trying to set up this troop show for a while, but things have kind of fallen through on other people's ends, uh which kind of makes it harder for me, but again, that's another story for another day uh I would have my core group, my core group of guys that I would talk to for creative stuff. You know, who should we bring in? What area are we working this in? You know, things like that. Guys that I trust, that know what they're talking about. And we would sit down, we'd hash it out, and if the advice was sound, let's let's just pull the trigger and roll with it, see what happens. Because with with wrestling, it's a roll of the dice. You know, because the economy sucks. To be fair, it sucks, but people are willing to spend money on wrestling if it's a quality product. You and I both know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and and, you,
0: and you, you can see that with, with places like Ring of Honor, uh, with, with big-time wrestling uh, that does a lot of traveling all over the country, you know, and, they, and they have right. solid crowds, and it's because it's what people want to see. People want to see good wrestling.
2: Absolutely. Okay, so let's 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 shoot a little bit on 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 ROH. Okay, um, nothing negative. I, I don't have anything negative to say about my experience with any of the few times that I've dealt with Ring of Honor. Uh, back in '08, 09, we did the dayton Chicago thing and the Philly thing, uh, the Philly TV tapings. Uh, when I say we, I mean myself and Carter. Uh, and it was a huge learning experience. You know, and you look around and you see all the money that was being pushed into ring of honor and from a production aspect, from a talent aspect, all these things. And then you turn around and you get phenomenal wrestling. Like those crowds are some of the most hype crowds I've ever been in front of. Like go to ring of honor and you're going to get better crowd reactions than I think WWE does because WWE caters to the casual fan while ring of honor caters to the wrestling fan you know I mean, um, it's and night and
0: day because wwe is a lot of you know they, they cater to the kids because that's where the merchandise comes in you know, the action figures the t-shirts stuff like that so you know they want the kids to be involved when reign of honor is goes after the wrestling fans and as obvious to tell there's a market <gasps> for both in this country
2: right and, and here's the thing i was just at roh in pittsburgh Um, when they were here a couple weeks back because I had done done their training camp back in October and I knew that once they came around I was going to go over, try to get a look see what was going on, things like that and I can tell you that the Ring of Honor crowd, I can tell you there was maybe a dozen children, if that, in that crowd, if that everybody was, you know our age, the, the 18 and over crowd, you know and you get you get, you know, F U chance and, you know, U F'd up chance and so on and so forth. And it, it's the wildest, it's the most bananas thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I haven't been to a WWE live event since Monday Night Raw it was 2014, I think it was. And not that I wouldn't go, but. Uh, I'm not I'm not the type of guy that's gonna go and, and spend a ridiculous amount of money to watch, you know, an hour's worth of wrestling and, you know, an hour and a half's worth of promos. I just I just can't do it. Um but Ring of Honor is like when Josh when Carter and I excuse me, not Josh Emmanuel anymore. When Carter and I did the ROH thing, I knew in 2009 that's where I want to end up. Come hell or high water, I'm either going to end up there or I'm going to never lace up another pair of boots in my life. That's, that's where I'm at with that. Um, and that was one of the things that I thought about repeatedly during my time off. You know, before coming back to MPWA, before working with Taco Bell for the few times that I worked with him, mm-hmm um before you know the shoulder surgery you know, I I that's the one consistent thought that's on my head is ROH because there's so much opportunity for guys to learn grow and and expand their market with a company like Ring of Honor because sure you could do an exclusive contract but at the same time, you could still take independent booking A and B. You could go to Japan. You could go to the U.K. You could go to Mexico, Puerto Rico. You know, you could go all these different places while under contract to Ring of Honor. You can't do that with WWE. And apparently now you can't even do that with Impact Wrestling because apparently there's some... Some looming lawsuit with the Hardys, which I think is the most retarded thing that TNA could ever do. If it's legit, I don't know. If according to that. Ruby
0: Sky, yeah, according to Ruby Sky, it's pretty legit. I guess they sent a a, a warning letter <clears throat> to the pay-per-view providers for Ring of Honor, um, you know, saying if you show the Broken Hardys, we we're going to sue you and everything. It's right. it's ridiculous, and you know, it seems like every time impact takes a step forward. It takes five steps back by just doing dumb stuff.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Wow. Like I'm sitting there. If anybody has watched the broken, the broken hearties, you know, the last year and a half, two years they've been doing it. It has evolved into this phenomenon. Uh, When I was uh, at ring of honor, it was one of the topics that come up amongst a lot of people. Uh, Just being a part of the ROH crew that night, I, you hear all the all, all the sidebar talking between fans, you know, oh, at, at the concession stands and so on and so forth. And this whole, you know, Broken Hardys, Young Bucks mm-hmm. thing was on a yes. lot of people's minds. And that was that's beneficial to TNA or Impact Wrestling, whatever they're calling themselves, because it's added promotion. You have your tag team champions showing up at another company's show with your championship belts. That have your marquee all over them, TNA, 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 and then that in turn is going to make the casual fan that is watching said product flip to your product when you're on TV live or take, 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 whatever, you know. So to be fair. TNA is just going to kick themselves, you know, in the ass or shoot their, shoot their own foot off because they're not going to have that added that added promotional backing from all the stuff that the Hardys are doing. But right, I mean, I'm not trying to get I'm not trying to get a job there.
0: Yeah, who who is at this point? But I mean, hey, and even that that little angle they did to get the titles off the Hardys, where you know Abyss and, and Crazy Steve just appeared with the titles. it's kind of ridiculous it you know it's it's wasted arrows in my opinion that they're trying to shoot um because i don't see impact coming out they're not going to come out looking any better than they do and they're not going to come out winning with this because the broken hardies you got to think for the last year half of impact's fan base has been because of the broken hardies
1: right
2: and and you know and here's the thing too that's like you know Dixie Carter brought in Bischoff and Hogan and all those guys, and we're going to go up head-to-head with Monday Night Raw. How stupid do you have to be? You're going to go head-to-head with the number one sports entertainment company in the world and expect to win. You don't have Ted Turner money, so what the hell are you thinking? And that, and, and that, and the, the same thing can be said while we're on that topic. The same thing can be said about the Indies. You go to these towns, you go to, I'm just going to use Pittsburgh as an example, all right? You go to Pittsburgh on a Saturday, and I guarantee you, you're going to have four or five wrestling shows at the same time in four or five different markets. Why? Because you want to try to outdo the other? You've got Company A running over here on the far east side of town. You've got Company B over here on the far west side of town. You got Company C down here on the south side of town. You got Company D in the middle of, in, in almost in the middle of town. Sure, you all have your own core fan bases, but what if you were to run on the opposite day? Well, what do you think would happen if you promoted your shows properly? You could pull some of their fans to your show.
0: And that's Give one them thing I'm
2: their friends.
0: And and that's one thing I've noticed. It seems like Saturday for some reason everyone wants to run on Saturdays. I know when I started EWL back, my thing was I'm gonna run on Friday nights because no one runs on Fridays. No one does everyone it. wants to run right. everyone wants to run on Saturdays. You know, Fridays and Sundays are two, I think, missed days that, that people just don't think about but you run on a Saturday. Well, guess what? Everyone else is running on Saturday too. No, I know no there wait. Was, you say there, was,
2: you, you say that Sundays a missed day. I can tell you one oh, man yeah. who didn't, who didn't miss out on running a show on a Sunday. Lamont Williams would run his shows on Sundays. And Lamont was running. He wasn't running in the greatest neighborhoods either, and he was still drawing. Was he making money hand over fist? No. But he was still drawing he's out Lamont's one of those guys that will get out there and he will promote 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 you know there are very few promoters I know that will actually bend over backwards to truly promote their product Lamont Williams is one of those guys that will Phil Fleck I agree. Uh, is one of the Phil Fleck is one of those guys that will uh, I'm a, obviously the guys at a i w do Traxler and 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 Brandon X obviously do, okay. The guys at IWC obviously do. I know that I know that Bill Sherry at VWF. I know that he tries his hardest, okay. But he has some things that that kind of impede him from doing more than he should. But that's okay because that's the life. That's the hand that life dealt him. The promotion is how you draw. There's a ring announcer I'm just going to call him GMC he is so green it is ridiculous WWE was in town for pay-per-view a couple months back he was out there in his tuxedo handing out flyers for a code red wrestling show that next code red show the draw was up 40% why? Because this guy is out there handing out flyers in the middle of a snowstorm, no less. In order to draw a crowd.
0: I mean it takes so dedication a lot. No, and a lot of promoters a lot of promoters just wanna, you know, just want that title. I'm a promoter. They don't they don't look at it as a business. They look at it as oh, it's something fun to do. Oh, let me promote a show because I want to be one of the boys or whatever. And a lot of promoters don't take promoting seriously. Um and that's Agreed. one of the things I love I love when WWE comes to town, you know, semi close to a show date because that's a whole new market that you may not be able to reach other ways.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, okay, for, for example, when we talk about lack of promoting. I'm not going to say what company. Yes, I am. It's RWA. RWA ran a Salute the Troop show a couple of years back. I was very, very excited for this show They had done this press conference on WTAE in Pittsburgh That had been replayed quite a few times There was some promotional stuff on Facebook and YouTube And that's fine The show was held at California University of Pennsylvania In their arena It either holds three or 5,000 people I can't remember which but the place only had about 220 people in it. Of the 220 people, I would say 175 were the RWA regulars. You have a show of that caliber and a venue like that, and that's what you draw? Why? Lack of promotion. Mm. I kid you not. Unpacking my bag, setting up the stuff for the raffle that I was doing, I was doing a raffle for Wounded Warrior that day, and I realized I don't have any Sharpies. I'm no silver Sharpies, anyway. So, I jump in my car, I go down to the store. The store doesn't have Sharpies, so I'm like, okay, where's the closest Walmart or something where I can go? It was about eight minutes up the road. No big deal. I'm driving up the road. I'm looking at all these you know store shop windows, things like that. I don't see a flyer in sight. I'm like, well, I wonder what that's about. Why are there no flyers? Maybe the stores tore them down. Who knows? I park in Walmart. I get out. As I'm getting out, I kid you not, straight fucking shoot, four ACPs, APCs, I apologize, roll in. Guys are getting out. They're going in. They're they're grabbing water and everything else. They're on their weekend drill, National Guard Unit, out of Mount Pleasant, which I believe is 20 minutes away from Cal U. All right? You got, a, you got 45 soldiers in uniform, full ruck and rattle, on their drill weekend. And I said, hey, are you guys headed to the show? What show? Well, what do you mean, what show? We don't know anything about a show. I hand him a flyer. This Lieutenant Colonel walks up to me. I showed him the flyer. I said, do you know anything about this? He said, no, I don't. I said, well, supposedly... All the reserve units and National Guard units were supposed to be told about this. Nothing's come across our desk. So where's the promotion to the troops that you're supposed to be saluting? Wow. I mean, and and a
0: lot of these promoters think just pushing it online is enough to do the trick. No one wants to actually, you know pound the pavement, go out, you know, flyer up stores. and Everyone thinks, well, I'll post it on Facebook. I'll post it on Twitter. I'll... And the Internet's great, but it's not going to get your fans into the building. It's
2: not the same as a visual representation of your show at a place of business. For example, when i working for Code Red in Pittsburgh or working for VWF in Pittsburgh, uh, on my way out from the shows, I always grab a handful of flyers, all right? I do this – Not only as a courtesy to the company, but as a courtesy to myself, because as the draws grow, you know, merchandise sells, pays get bigger, production gets bigger. All right. So I would go to these different places. I had my set places that I knew I could hang the flyers, three grocery stores, two beer distributors, four movie stores, four cigarette shops. Those were the places that I knew that I could hang the flyers, and I would always hang them up. I would try to hang them up down across Carson Street, but most of the bars were like, eh, we don't want to touch it. Okay, fine, don't. Can I hang it in your bathroom? Sure, hang it in the bathroom. So I did, because that's what needs to happen. If you want people to come to your product, they have to know your product exists. Nobody does that
0: anymore. I agree. That's one thing with the Internet is people think, you know, that's all you need, like I said. And I mean, the Internet's all good and well. You're, you know, people are going to see your flyer. But if I see your flyer, you know, a month before the show, I'm not going to remember it. You know, I'm not going to remember it two, right. three weeks from now. But if I see that every time I walk into a store, it's going to remind me, it's oh, this is coming it. up. This is coming up.
2: Exactly. And another yeah, thing that a lot of how clients- many people how many people go to the same beer distributor or the same cigarette store or the same grocery store day after day after day? How many people That's do true. that? And, and
0: another thing, oh, I agree. And another thing, a lot of guys, a lot of people don't do is they don't have their pre sell tickets available. They don't have, you know, they'll say, call this number for your pre sell tickets, but they don't have any, they don't have any stores selling pre-sale. They don't have the venue selling pre-sales. They don't have right. any pre-sales other than calling them on their personal phone. Okay, if I go into a store and they have the pre-sale tickets there, I'm more likely to buy a pre-sale ticket, and then I'm definitely not going to forget about it because I've already spent my money on this show. And a right. lot of companies home, don't on the do fridge. that. Exactly.
2: Right. Exactly. Now, see, that that was one of the things that I thought about, you know, when I, when I was off. I had, I had shoulder surgery a year ago, and it was one of the things I thought about. I said, well, what can I do to help? whatever promotion I get into when I get back, you know. Uh, I wasn't sure where I was going to go when I decided to come back. I didn't know if I was going to go back to RWA, if I was going to try to reach out to those guys, if I was going to reach out to the guys in Michigan, if I was going to reach I, I, I reached out to a couple of guys in Ohio, but they're working really, really hard with their with their trainees, and they're working really, really hard with, you know, their their core roster and building their brand, and I'm okay with that. And I was sitting at home one day, I reached out to Code Red. Um, I've gotten the kayfabe answer. Well, we got a full roster right now. Okay, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll send you my stuff, and you can look it over and make a decision later. And then I get, I get a message from, from Bill Sherry. And he says, hey, man, huge fan of your work. I've been a fan of your work since RWA, since you were J-Ice. I would love for you to come down and check it out. Well, I, at the time, I wasn't cleared. You know, I wasn't. And I went down there, and i watched the show and as i'm watching the show i'm i'm watching it from a fan's perspective and i'm like you know i would change this or this or this but again this is just my opinion you know uh <coughs> excuse me the crowds were were fantastic so i was like all right maybe this will be a place i can call home for a while and sure enough the next the next month I was there and something had to happen because there were 50 million things that were going wrong. So I intervened. I dumped the kid on his head because he was talking crap. And we were off to the races all over again. And at the time, I wasn't even cleared to wrestle yet. And I remember saying to, saying to Bill, he was like, you know, I love it. Thank you for, for saving my, my butt. And I'm like, dude, no worries. We just got to do what we got to do. Well, what can I do to help? What what can I do to help you build your brand, you know? And there's a lot of that, uh, and, and that's my goal. Overall, is to to build a brand. The Jamie, like, like Carter Robinson said a couple of weeks back, he's trying to build the Carter Robinson brand. Well, Carter, build your brand on your own time. I'm trying to build my brand as well as the brands around me, because. I've I've really taken the last year and invested in myself doing the ROH camps. You know, sending my stuff back and forth, talking to, to people who head the training over there. All right. And, and and at the end of the day, if I can build up help build a, a company while I'm doing it, that's what I'm gonna do. Because a company isn't designed to make the stars. The stars make the company. At least that's my opinion.
0: Oh, and no, I, I agree completely. Um now going back to VWF, uh, you know, we, we actually worked together there for a whole show. Um yeah. no, it, was in between my, it was in between my first time getting fired and my second time getting fired. <laughs> You know, we, we worked we worked a show together in between those, but um, you know, and, right. and I love VWF. I have nothing bad to say about VWF. It's the only place I've been fired from twice. So
2: you know, they get
0: some, they get some kind of remorse. How does for one that. get
2: fired from a place twice? Like, how does that happen?
0: you you gotta have skill. Uh, someday I'll teach you how to do that. Um, you know, but you're not at that level yet where I can teach you all those tricks. But I mean. Oh. You know, I, I oh, okay. you know I I was I was on the very first VWF show, which I actually wasn't supposed to be on. Um, you yeah, know, I had hurt. some heat. I had some heat with some guys uh, in the locker room. Uh, you know, from you know some stuff happened in a dark period in my life years ago, and that heat uh-huh. kind of carried on over those years. So I you know, I, but you know, I told Bill, you know, well, I'd like to come down to your first show, you know, kind of talk to the guys, you know, and kind of figure, you know, kind of try to work some things out. Which when Absolutely. I went down there when I went down there and talked to the guy, you know, it was like everything actually someone I I consider a friend this day. You know, me and him got uh, really cool after that. Um things actually went really well after that. Um so the the rain ended up broke breaking and they had to take an intermission earlier than they expected. So the crowds just kind of sitting out there, uh, you know, the crowds just kind of watching them try to fix the rain and I, I asked Bill, oh, I said, Well, do you want me to go out and, you know, just kind of promo, do something to kind of get the crowd, you know, their eyes off the ring, you know, kind of pull that curtain closed a little bit. He said, you know, at that time, Zoltan was kind of running the locker room. And, uh, you know, so we had to go through Zoltan, you know, and Zoltan was like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, that's great. Which months later, you know, when he got let go by him, he bitched about that. That was one of his main bitches was me, you know, going out and doing that when, he approved it when I came back. He's like, oh, that was a great promo. Oh, you're so good. Yada, yada, yada.
2: You know, he's two yeah, seconds away from blowing blow me smoke in the locker ass. Room. Right. Yeah. Pretty, but, much, that, pretty much. There's a lot of that. and I, 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 fuck, You know what? I fucking hate that shit. I do. If, if, if I went out there and you hated what I did, fucking tell me you hated what I did. Like, that's it. Yeah. Don't blow smoke up my ass and tell me I'm the greatest thing fucking walking in your goddamn locker room. If I went out there and stuck the fucking joint out, tell me. Because it, it, right. the criticism, it's what's going to make me better, you know. Exactly. Or, or it's going gonna, it's gonna to give me the idea, oh, this was a mistake. I shouldn't have done it. Maybe I could have did it this way. Whatever, you know.
0: Well, it, it's uh, kind of funny because cause after Zoltan was let like, go, oh, there's a lot of heat between <laughs> me and him. Because, you know, obviously I took the side of VWF because Zoltan used me as a reason for him not wanting to be there whatever, whatever, he used my sexuality, he used, you know, this, that, and the other, and everything, as why he didn't want me there, uh, which is funny, because when I was in Vegas last year, Zoltan was there, too, and he just kind of came up, shook my hand, smiled in my face, you know, and, like, nothing happened, and I'm just kind of like, you know, but I'm but, at that point now where I, I don't let that stuff get to me anymore, and, you know, I mean, you, can't. you, you can't. can be and, fake and to me all you want, and it's it's gonna it is what it is.
2: Well, and, and see, that's the thing too. Guys have the guys that have heat with each other. Like, uh, they, they, some people come up with the wildest reasons to have heat with you, and I'm just like, oh, well, fuck that, whatever. Uh, like, there's a gentleman. Um, I'm not going to throw him under the bus or anything, but I know that the guy's ultra talented. He is. He is ultra talented. And when I was first breaking into the business, we were doing a show way out in BFE. Uh, the show was running so behind schedule. I think we were like 45 minutes behind schedule because nobody knew how to get to the damn place. And they put me out there with him, and I was greener than goose shit. My gear was terrible. I I had no business being in the ring, straight up. I had no business being in the ring, and I, I'm i certain that I made him look like absolute garbage. And it wasn't my intentions at all, uh, but that, that was just how the, the cards laid. <laughs> And he has had heat with me pretty much ever since then. Um, it's been thrown around that he doesn't have as much heat with me now since something has happened. But, again, I'm not sure I haven't seen him to ask him to talk to him about it. But, again, I'm like, well, you know, I see the guy. I try to shake his hand. He chooses not to shake my hand. That's that's on him. That's okay. I'll continue on about my business. It's happened a few times. Um, but the heat in the business, it doesn't hurt anybody but whoever – Whoever is holding on to the heat, you know, and I, I mean, I it's agree not completely. It's not going to hurt me any. I mean, sure, it might hurt me in the eyes of, you know, the friends or promoters that whoever is working for. Blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, what is what's you having heat with me going to do? Nothing.
0: All right, I agree. And, uh, you know,
2: like and... right now, I'll let's go. let's talk about heat since we're going to go there. We'll we'll, we'll talk about the heat-seeking missile that he is, Carter Robinson. All right? He he come on your podcast, and he said that guys like Michael Tarver and James Dean should be, what did he say, kissing his boots and and worshiping the ground that he walks on. We should be thanking him over and over and over for the opportunities that we have been given, because if it wasn't for him... We wouldn't have them. Now, while I don't disagree with that statement, because if it wasn't for him taking me under his wing, I wouldn't have the mind that I have. I wouldn't have been able to do some of the things that I have been able to do in this business. But at the same time, Carter Robinson, you left me hanging to go be Mr. Extra Talent. You left me hanging to go over here, and I said, Hey, well, what's up with that? Oh, man, I don't know. You're going to have to do this. So I would do that, and still nothing. Everything that I've gotten on my own, I have gotten because of James Dean. Carter Robinson may have given me the start, he may have given me the mind. And I thank him, and I appreciate him, and I love him for that. But to say that I should worship the ground he walks on, and that I should be thanking him every time I get out of bed, well, that's a crock of shit, Carter. And I just wanted you to know that.
0: That's interesting. And we actually have a caller. Uh, we have a caller here to the studio, so I'm going to put them on the line. Uh, let's answer some questions from the fans here.
2: By all means.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, caller, you are on the air. Who are we speaking to? Trying to
1: become a fan, fan calling in? Are you, oh, are you serious right now? this B-rated podcast here's this you're prone. Bring my name up on multiple occasions. You're right, James Dean. You should thank me. You should thank me every day that you wake up. Every day you lace your boots. Every day you get the step. Anywhere near a square circle. So, I, and for the for
0: those well, for those listening, uh this apparently isn't a a well, I ain't gonna say isn't a fan, but uh this is actually the UWL champion, the guy we were just talking about, Carter Robinson calling in. Um, who is what, Carter what Robinson. Time. Who who oh, is
2: Carter you, Robinson? He,
1: oh,
0: you
2: Do
1: know we, for sure. You know exactly who he is, James B. He's been there all along. He's the one that's been carrying you for the past eight years. And quite frankly, my back is is hurting. I'm going to send you the bill. But I am tired of dragging you up and down here. See, see, you know what? I had to throw you out the cage. I had to throw you out the nest. you talking about I left you? Yeah, I had to. I couldn't keep carrying you, okay? You had to learn how to get it on your own. So you should thank me for leaving you. You should me because you wouldn't be where you're at right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, listen, Carter. All right. Sure, sure. What, well, I'll chalk that up to you. I'll give you that one. I'll give it to you. You threw me to the wolves. You left me alone. He said, "Here you go, kid. fend for yourself. Good luck, buddy." Thanks. Sure, Carter. You did do that. And and sure, I wouldn't be. The man that I turned out to be, but it's like you said—you left me hanging. You threw me to the wolves, and and I should know who you are. I know everything about you, Carter. Are
1: oh, you think you know?
2: You, think every, you know. Think every. You
1: think
2: you know? <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen,
1: listen. You think you know? The student, I
2: taught you everything. The student you know. is going to teach hey, hey, I the you teacher. You know. Now.
1: I taught oh, you everything really? you know, but I didn't teach you everything I know. That may be true. See, there's a difference. But you kid. also there's didn't teach There's a difference,
2: me. kid. Okay, there's a difference. Okay, well, you also didn't teach me how to be methodical and tactical. I know every injury you have ever had, even the little nagging ones that your precious wife doesn't know about. Every injury you've ever had.
1: Hey, how's every, shoulder,
2: tingling, huh? every tingling, every tingling
1: shoulder. Huh? How's the shoulder?
2: I, I'll tell you right you, now. you want to talk about nagging injuries,
1: You talk about nagging injuries. I am in the best shape of my life. There's a reason why the Carter Robinson brand is launching when it's launching. There's a reason why in six days at UWO, when I step foot in the ring and I beat three people, three, three men. I'm gonna beat three men in one day.
2: Now, no, listen, no, no, wait, did you just say six days, Carter? Well, let me, let, me, let, me,
0: let me fix that. That's UXWA, not UWL. Let me correct Carter on that one.
2: Okay, all right, so UXWA, that's in Cleveland, right? In six days, Carter Robinson. That just so happens to be the birthday of James Dean. So maybe in six days, Carter, I can come see you. Beat yeah, three other guys. Yeah, and dedicate my
1: win to your jabroni ass. That's exactly what I'm going to do. You know what? I'm going to go make it live. I'm going to go live on Facebook. On your Dude. birthday, James Dean, I'm going to beat three other men just to show you how much I appreciate you. That That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to make okay, an example. Gordon. I've been saying it forever. I'm going to make an example. So when you watch that match, you see me beat three other people. You just know that you'll never be on my level. Ever. Listen, I don't want to cater to
2: kids. I don't want to be the guy who's bitter.
1: I get great. That's the difference (laughs) between me and you. You can only get good.
2: I get great. (laughs) You get great. I think Loki has something to say about that.
1: You know what? And he's still ducking that match. He's still ducking the rematch. He took advantage of a vulnerable kid who was trying to Again, fit into that box everybody wanted. Take advantage. See, now that I'm not, see, now that I'm not in that took box, advantage he knows you Because you couldn't hang. Better. He knows better. He knows better. Now. Sure, Carter. I'm outside, I'm outside of that box, and he will never, never sign on the dotted line to wrestle me again. He knows that.
2: <sighs> Whatever you say, Carter. Just if, like if you're you, done James blowing Dean, hot just air. Just like you, I,
1: James I, Dean. Just like you, you will never step foot in the ring with me one-on-one ever again, because you know, you know without a shadow of a doubt, I will beat you for pillar to post. You know it.
2: Oh, really? So I think, you know, Mr. Miller. Yes. Does does Mr. Robinson have an opponent for May 6th?
0: Well, actually, the board of directors had a meeting uh, this past Friday, and we looked at all the candidates that were possible, all the people. That could possibly uh, go in there with Carter Robinson, and we feel that can actually give him a fight. And one of the people that came across uh, everyone's list was one son of strong style James Dean, and we <laughs> did a vote. <laughs> we because it's it's it's, it's 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 no me? secret. It's no secret that my goal is to get rid of the Black Wrestlers Matter from UWL. My goal is to get the titles. Wait, 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 wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. The what? That would be. Did you just say the Black Wrestlers Matter? That would be Carter Robinson.
0: It's a movie. That would be Carter Robinson, and that'd be the commission. You know, the guys that he has to go to try to make sure he keeps that title
2: you you talking about, uh, what's that kid's name, Lex Vegas?
0: That would be him, him and Jackson Kaye, the current Jackson, UWL yeah. tag team. You're talking
2: series. about two guys that couldn't lace my boots on my worst day off two days after shoulder surgery? And Carter Robinson. This is your Black Wrestlers Matter movement?
1: It's a oh, movement, listen, kid. Man. You know nothing about it. You know nothing oh, this, about it, kid. This kid. You're too naive. This, you're too naive. You're talking about building your brand into brands around you. You're too focused about everybody around you instead of yourself. You gotta be selfish. Have you not learned anything? You have not learned anything that I've taught you. You're still trying to cater to everyone else.
2: Okay. Alright, so then so 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 then you want me to go back to being the arrogant, selfish asshole that I once was when I first met hey, you, and that's you, what you're
1: saying. And when you when you were that kid, we were tag champions.
2: We're tag <laughs> champions
1: in three different, and we're tag champions in three different promotions.
2: In two different states, then started, absolutely. Then you started to care. So I'm the bad guy for caring, Carter. That's that's what that is. Okay.
1: Oh no, you you know what? You're not the bad guy. You're just a, you're just like every other indie wrestler out there. You want to be friends with the people. You want the people to pat you on the back and say, oh, you did an awesome job. Oh, I'm going to go online and say, James Dean's had a five-star match. That's, that's what you want. That's what you want.
2: No, you, you Carter, that's kind of, not what you I want, want. You want
1: some kind of gold sticker every time you step, step in the ring. You want to give the, you want to give the fans their money's worth. They pay money to see greatness, not just good.
2: Carter, it's been a long time since you've seen me in the ring, buddy boy. Matter of fact matter of fact Mr. Miller had the opportunity to see me in the ring for the first time in years. And I thoroughly impressed him, so much so that I should have been there to watch you take on Leo Rush, but well made the chips another fall where they may ducking. another
1: kid. Oh, I'm gonna hide behind. Him. You just said the Ring of Honor contract; they could wrestle anywhere. But then he wants to hide behind his Ring of Honor contract and say, "Oh, he can't come in that day. Oh, I, my my flight's canceled. Or Ring of Honor's not gonna allow me to get beat down by the Carter Robinson brand." Yeah, no, I I get it. It's okay, Leo. It's fine. Like I said, you're one of those. You're another one of those indie kids <clears throat> that need approval. I can't. My fans can't see me vulnerable. They can't see me. They can't see me lose.
2: You know a lot about vulnerability, don't you, Carter?
1: Look, look at your kid. Look
2: the your the kid. emotional, the emotional vulnerability that you showed all those years while, while Michael Tarver was on TV every Monday night and you weren't.
1: Look, 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 if he if it wasn't for me, he never would have the opportunity to choke and piss away. If it wasn't <laughs> for me, he would have never had the chance, never had the opportunity. See now it's my turn. It's my time. Not you, not Tarver, not Jay Miller, not anyone is going to stop me from being who it is. Hey, those rankings just came out the AIWF. Guess who just shot up to number three?
2: Oh,
0: that is that is true. The new AIWF rankings were released today and Carter Robinson is the number three contender for their American title.
1: Um and but, pound but from I think pound, and pound for pound, probably the best talent that they have, and they had, haven't even given me a chance yet. <clears throat> I haven't had an opportunity to step in the ring with any of those bums that they got on the on that list. Bunch of no-names.
0: Well, I, th- I think maybe you shouldn't be focused on your ranking there, and maybe you should be focused on what you do have. You are the current UWL champion, but that may change Reigning on May 6th. and defending. And that may change on May 6th because... As I was going to say earlier before you started griping again about something else no one cares about, you will be defending that UWL title on May 6th at Wreckage in Akron, Ohio, against the son of strong style,
1: James Dean.
2: <laughs> you know, it's funny you said this that a, because... Is this a free
1: lunch? Is this a free lunch? you just giving me... You, you're just lining up just... Are you trying to pat my head? Do I look like Floyd Mayweather? Do I need an easy fight?
2: Easy fight, Carter. Easy fight, Carter. I wasn't an easy fight for you in Akron before. I wasn't an easy fight for you in Michigan. I wasn't an easy fight for
1: you. Just because I I gave you a little bit of hope, I gave you a little bit of shine. (laughs) Come on, man. You're not that naive, are you?
2: Carter, I was shining long before I knew you.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: So I tell you what, cause if it it's wasn't funny for me, because I if just wasn't got for me,
1: you would still be curtain jerking at fair shows once a year if it wasn't for me. That's what you uh, right now. Curtain jerking at fair
2: shows. Let me tell you about my curtain jerking at fair shows and how that has since evolved, Carter. Last year's fair show that I did, when my match ended, half the crowd left. Why? Because they were all there to see me beat down Valak. And once well, I did hey, and I was victorious hey,
1: you're welcome because you learned for that. You learned, at least you learned that you learn how to draw a ticket. Look at that. You picked up something. You picked up something, kid. I've been drawing tickets draw- for about four years you without you on my coattails. What, what, what? Up, 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 15 people get up and leave, Jay? Huh? Is that what happened? Jay uh, uh, huh? Is that what happened? 15 people got up and was like, oh, I'm done. I am done I've seen what I can't see.
2: Mm-hmm. Keep talking, Carter. Keep talking.
1: Well, I, got I got a question. You, got a cha- you think you got a chance come wreckage, Huh? You think you got a chance? No. You're stepping I in the ring. I've You're stepping in the ring with the with with the brand that is Carter Robinson. You're stepping in the ring with the extra talented extra talent that is Carter Robinson. You have no clue, kid. Zero clue you, know, you got yourself into.
2: You know this I I, I should probably tell you, Jay Miller that the son of Strong Style is retired. But James Dean is not. I am the star of my own movie. I am the wrestling tactician. I am the Strong Style sniper. And I have no qualm and quarrel with taking your UWL heavyweight championship off of Carter Robinson's hands come May 6th.
1: And I have no problem you with you up.
2: doing that. And then, and then you woke up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wide awake, Carter.
1: You woke up. You woke up. You smacked yourself twice for even thinking something so stupid, or even dreaming something so stupid that you would ever beat me for any kind of title. So you couldn't even beat me on a, a video game title.
2: Well, I don't now, play video games, so I wouldn't know.
0: Now, Carter Robinson, you say, you sound really uh confident about this. Now it does. It does. I I know you I know you pretty well and I know one of your reasons you feel so confident is because you have the commission watching oh. your back. Um, so with that said, I'm I'm gonna make another announcement when it comes to title matches. And the commission's gonna have their own problems at night as a commission will be defending their tag titles, And you can tell them this, cause I'm sure you guys have your little meetings talking about how great you are and everything. So they'll be defending their tag team titles in a three-way match against not only the spirit of Detroit, but also against the Coger brothers and the Coger brothers have let me know that they're not big fans of any of the black wrestlers matters movement. And they're ready to take those titles and take the commission out for good.
1: Of course those Hill Jacks don't like anything darker than themselves. They're probably, they got so much, look, it doesn't matter. You stack the decks, you can stack exactly anyone you like. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. The commission's going to do what they do best, and I'm going to do exactly what I do best. James Dean, you know what I do best. I after missed
2: opportunity. I, I expose,
1: opportunity. I embarrass, Yourself. And shine. That's what I do. I'm going to expose you for the for the chump that you are. I'm going to embarrass you for even thinking that you could step in the ring with me. And I'm going to shine as champion. Because that's what I'm going to do. Because I have a date right. with Destiny. You are going to ML shine Princess as, champion. as the UWL heavyweight champion. And then I also have a date with Destiny when I just jump up straight up and take that America title out of the AIWF. And I'm just, oh, I mean, you know what? You know what? I'm done talking to you guys. You know I'm I'm sick of this. Jay, it was terrible listening to the show. I hope you guys get kicked off the air. James Dean, good luck, kid, because you're going to need it.
2: (laughs) God, that guy loves to hear himself talk, doesn't he?
0: I think he's just upset because he knows the quality of guests has dramatically gone up since our first episode. Since he was
2: on the air? Yeah, exactly. You know, here's the thing, you know about Carter. I I I like where he's going with this. I do because he seems to think that he's the greatest thing walking in professional wrestling today. But if that was the case, well, would he have been signed to a contract? Oh, I don't know, two years ago. Yeah, but anyway,
0: hey, so, you know. Hey. And let me just explain one of the reasons we came into this decision to make uh, James Dean the number one contender, and and a lot of it's what I saw at VWF because I remember last time I saw you before that was at the Shamrock, um, you know, and and just seeing you know you as a young kid you, you know I you know eyes were on the prize but you just didn't know how to get there yet and and seeing you go from that young kid at the Shamrock to who you became. You know, by the time I saw you at the VWF, it impressed me amazingly. You know, and that match you had that night was amazing,
2: and I just knew,
0: you know, and I, you know, this is straight shoot right here. That was the chairs match, I believe.
2: Chairs match with Harley Moore. That's what I thought. Yeah, that was, that was a hard fought loss. It really was. I, I won't even lie. Harley was the better man on that, on that night. Um, but that's not to say I didn't kick his ass in the process,
1: and you know and that's the
2: thing too. You know I can go out here against Carter Robinson, and I very well may lose. But I will injure him, I will maim him, I will beat him within an inch of his life, because that's what I do. Going in, you know, coming in this last year for me, <laughs> coming off the of shoulder surgery. I knew that it was it was go time. I had to go full force, balls to the wall that put the pedal to the metal and just go. I threw caution to the wind and I said, fuck it. Because if you don't do it, you're not going to get anywhere. And I was in the middle of some of the greatest time in my career without Carter Robinson dragging me down and not paying his way in gas and tolls. I was having the best time of my life, and then boom! I had a match with Roheemuth, the Code Red. Brohemoth is about six-two, about three ten. Massive oh, yeah. individual. Okay. I had the
0: pleasure of managing him for one whole night.
2: Right. Yes. Exactly. Brohemoth hits like a human wrecking ball. And he hit me in the ribs as hard as he could. And then he turned around and the overhand chopped me in the corner. I thought I was going to die. But in the process, I realized that there was something else wrong. I come home, you know, a couple of days later, I'm still really sore in my chest. But it's not where he chopped me. It's just over to the left a little. And I realized that I have a mess there. What the hell is this, I wonder So I go I go to see my doctor and they they Found out that it was a precancerous mass And they're like, we gotta cut this out of you Well, shit Alright So that in turn pumped the brakes For me and, And put a halt on the momentum that I had going But that's okay Because At the end of the day I'm going to come back bigger, faster, and stronger than I was when I left four weeks ago. Whether I return to BWF before then, or I come to UWL, or hell, like I said, next weekend, it's my birthday weekend, Carter Robinson obviously wants to show me how great he is The guy can't even pay for his own lunch. But that's okay. Because I might just show up there too. To prove that I'm not that same snot-nosed little kid. But I can still be that arrogant ass-kicker that I used to be. Now, I I have a question. Surgery has kept me out twice in less than a year. It will not stop me from reaching my goal.
0: Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Are you worried at all that Carter Robinson's going to use that to his advantage cuz we all know Carter Robinson, he's a snake. He's going to slither his way anywhere he can and and you've made your surgery and your problem, you know, your injuries, you know, very out there, very open to people. You are you worried about that at all? Do you think I mean, you know, he's going to target that area no matter what. It doesn't matter Absolutely. what you guys used to be, how close you guys used to be. At the end of the day, Carter Robinson only cares about Carter Robinson. So he's exactly. going to target that shoulder. Does that scare you at all?
2: No, it doesn't. And I'm going to tell you why. Harley Morris targeted my shoulder repeatedly, month after month after month, and I still kicked his ass. So hey. It, to be fair, no. I'm, I'm. I know Carter well enough to know that he absolutely is the snake hiding in the short grass. Okay, and that's okay because I'm always prepared. I've always got someone watching my six as well. And Carter likes to think that you know he's got his two goons they're probably going to try to interfere and like you said they've got their own problems to worry about and that's fine but i always know that they are 20 steps away from the ring at all times but i'm prepared for that you know i didn't i wasn't prepared to come on here and get booked into a match against my former best friend but i'm more than happy to shove his ego right up his narrow ass where it belongs Am I worried about the shoulder? Always. I'm always going to worry about my shoulder. I'm always going to worry about my chest. But am I going to let that stop me? Hell no. Why? If I let it stop me, I'm not going to get anywhere. I'm going to be sitting at home scratching my ass with a bunch of what-ifs on my plate. That's not going to be me. So it doesn't matter if it's Nick Mira or Harley Morris or Carter Robinson. No one stops James Dean this time around. He can be Mr. Extra-talented, extra-talent, but that's all he's ever going to be is extra-talent. He's going to be somebody's leftover afterthought because that's all he's ever been. Carver went to WWE. Where was Carter Robinson? He was an afterthought, and that's it. So,
0: we I mean, we, we pretty much talked about, you know, your shoulder injury. That may, uh, you know, affect the match because, you know, he's going to target. We talked about the commission. They're always, you know, lurking somewhere when it comes to Carter Robinson. Uh, they they definitely don't want to lose that UWL title from their grasp as well. Uh, I mean, it, it's a lot against you. and I mean, I know you. I've known you for years, and I know that you're up. You know, I believe you're up to the task. And I believe you stand uh, uh just as much as not better of a chance than anyone else to get that title off of him. And it's no secret I want that title off of him. He's not the person I want representing my company as champion. Um it, and I, ju- I just want that assurance from you that you are the man that I'm not. I'm putting, you know, I'm putting pretty much all my eggs in your basket right now to get that title off of them And I just want that assurance that you are the person I can count on to do that.
2: <laughs> can you count on James Dean? You can count. On James Dean, just as sure as we can count on the Army Rangers to deliver ass kickings to ISIS all over the world. Because that's what we do. You see, and that's exactly what this is. I am the Ranger, he is ISIS. I will eliminate him. And then he will fall back into obscurity where he belongs you worried about your eggs being safe in my basket? My basket is lined with Kevlar, and you have nothing to worry about.
0: And then that's the assurance. I, well, you know, I, I've i tried to set guys up to do it before. You know, I tried to get Leo Rush in there to do it, you know, and for whatever reason, he had to back out, you know, claiming this, then and the other. I, you know, so I'm worried. I'm, I'm worried, not I'm worried about not getting this title.
2: Absolutely, and and you have every right to be. When you have a man like Carter Robinson running around claiming that he's the greatest thing in the world, the way he acts, the way he talks, it doesn't look good to have someone like him representing a company. Now, do I want to be the the person to represent your company? No, I don't, but I will, and I will carry it with honor and respect. And I would do whatever I need to do. I will do, to coin a phrase, what's best for business. And ending Carter Robinson is best for business.
0: And I agree. You know, obviously I'm nervous going into May 6th. You know, I I want the title off of him. You know, I want the title off of the commission as well. You know, so obviously I have those worries uh, deep down. You know, and you're assuring me that I don't need to have those worries.
2: You know what if you're so worried you should there's a referee out there somewhere i don't, I don't know if you still refing full-time or not but but find find referee drew taylor find that guy find drew taylor and have him ref this match because if you're worried about everything being called down the middle he's the guy to do it and that's a shoot because he doesn't take no shit from anybody find drew taylor pull him out of retirement have him dust his ref shirt off and let's go to work that guy's is is
0: a it, lot of fun. Okay. That may be something I have to do because at the last show, when Josh did win that UWL title, he attacked our referee after the match. Him and the commission both. So I need a referee in there that I know <clears throat> can handle this man, and I know that can handle the situation. Uh, so that you know, that's one of the things I am looking into is getting a referee in there that I know, uh, you know that that won't be intimidated by uh, the commission nor Josh.
2: Drew Taylor or Dave Dawson. Find the potato or Drew. There it is. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> now, and
0: we'll have to see how those cards line up then, because I definitely am going to need a ref in there that I can I can not only trust, but that I know will will do the right thing and not be intimidated.
2: I don't know, you know. But see, here's the thing: Josh might not even show up. I mean, I know he lives in Cleveland and all, you know. But the poor guy. He I don't know if he has his own car anymore. You know, I used to drive him everywhere because his car was always broke down. So there's no telling if he's even going to be able to make it to the show. <laughs>
0: okay. I guess time time will tell for that Time one. will
2: tell. Time will tell. Carter Robinson, you know, you keep yourself in that title boxing gym, buddy. Because you're going to need to brush up. You really are. Because I'm going to kick your ass and there's no... Boxing moves or MMA moves That is going to stop This AC-130 From tearing your ass up That's
0: That's interesting I know I'm feeling a little confident in this match Myself you know I I Gotta be partial as much as I can As you know the head of the board of directors But at the same time (laughs) This well, is you a have such win an emotional I
2: investment in your own company. So yeah, you're, you you have every right to feel the way that you feel. It's your company after all.
0: That is true. I mean, it's the only company I haven't been fired from as well.
2: <laughs> and that's a shoot, buddy. You know? Ain't that the truth? I, I know that we've got a few minutes left. Uh and there's a couple of things I want to say. That have nothing to do with much of anything But wrestling as a whole I see a lot of Potential On the circuit nowadays Everywhere I go I see guys That are Destined For truly great things Not Mentally created Self entitled greatness But truly great things In the wrestling business there's, a, there's a, a young stable, I think they're out of Tennessee. They're called the Next Gen Click. You should look into those guys, by the way, if you're looking for talent to bring from other areas. Look into those guys. Those guys can work, and they can get over, and they are fantastic. And I love watching those three guys go to, go to town. Um, there are a lot of young guys out there that are just, doing so much but they're not taking the time to truly invest in themselves their product and their brand and that's the biggest thing that guys need to be doing now because Facebook Twitter like we said earlier Facebook Twitter YouTube it's not all the rage it really isn't the only thing that's going to build your brand is you you guys got to be willing to get out there step up and and show the world Who and what you are Um if guys are looking for extra training, I highly recommend the ROH Dojo. I highly recommend the Monster Factory. Those are places where you guys can go and apply your craft and learn from the best minds in the business. There's not enough of that going on. Guys think that they can just go to their local training dojo where they've where they've been going since they started training, and they're just going to get better. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because I know some great guys that run their own training centers But it's just regional stuff If you want to get on the next platform You need to go to somewhere That has people in those platforms I firmly believe Uh that We as a whole And I say we, I mean everyone Within the realm of Okay, not everyone within the realm of pro wrestling Because some of these fuckers Just shouldn't be anywhere near a ring Let alone owning a ring but I'm not going to point any elbows towards that side of Cleveland.
0: Sounded like a shot fired right there.
2: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I I saw something that somebody has a a new ring that they – I don't know if they had their boy's jacket or what, but, yeah, no, I can't even
0: (laughs) – we're not going to talk about that because that's the ring that'll be in use uh, May six. So we're not going to we're not going to talk about that.
2: Oh, are you serious, bro? Got it. Whoops.
0: Got to go with. Got to go with what's, what's best for the company.
2: Sure, I guess. Well, they're not booked, are they? You're just using the ring. I'm sorry. Dude. I'm sorry. I'll quit. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I'm going to go get some coffee. we well, well, we'll discuss. Now. Who's drinking coffee?
0: We'll discuss that uh, after the show a little bit. Um,
2: you know, this was fun. Well, I've never hey, done this
0: before. I enjoyed it. You you definitely was an amazing guest. Definitely brought a lot of Thank insight. You. We got to talk about some guys that we mutually don't like. Uh, we got to talk about some guys that you like and that fired me twice. Um,
2: hey, well, yeah, I don't know, dude. Like, it. That one, there's so many mind-boggling things with that. It just, it just, it's a giant clusterfuck for me. Um, something else I got to say is like, uh, there are a lot of untapped talent that I'm not seeing people use, or there is a lot of of tapped talent that people aren't using. And I don't know what it's going to take to see this happen, but I really want to see it happen. So I'm telling you first. I want to see Kelly Klein versus angel dust.
0: And you know what? That's one thing we've been looking into is starting, you know, a women's division for the UWL. Um, you know, we're, we're working on getting that all put into place. I got a few people, uh, I'm in contact with to get that women's division rolling. Uh, you know, definitely. So you never, you never know who you'll see in the, you know, the UWL right. ring. And, and that's one thing I'm going to talk about. Um, you know, I I put that little post out there asking who do people want to see? You know, and someone commented uh, Shane Douglas and why I have the utmost respect for Shane Douglas and, you know, people that have, you know, made a name for themselves in this business. What I want the UWL to focus on what my goal is is we're going to focus on the next generation. We're going to focus on the talent that hasn't gotten, you know, the spotlight they deserve. Uh, You know, we're going to focus on, you know, who you may see, you know, in, in the major three within the next few years. Uh, that's my goal well, for see, EWL. Well,
2: see, and it's the thing, like, w- with what you were trying to do with Leo Rush, okay? You were going to bring Leo Rush in. You were going to have him fight Carter Robinson for the for the heavyweight championship. And that would have been a nice rub for, for Carter, sure, okay? But at the same time, that brings that that – that hardcore ROH fan base from the Akron area into your show. That's what that right. should have done, you know? And that's what a lot of promotions are lacking on. They're not bringing in that, that, that fan base. Now I know that there's that one, there's that one super indie company up there in Cleveland that's doing it month in and month out. And that's great for those guys, you mm-hmm. know, but then you have, but then you look at, you look at a company like mega, they don't bring in any names and look at what they're doing, you know
0: very true i mean even even Tread. with you know even with v w f you know they're constantly getting that higher and higher attendance, and they're not using the names you know they they don't have to use the names they've gone and and the and the key thing a lot of promoters miss is get the fans acquainted with your roster. You don't need to bring in right. all these extra guys. If your roster is good enough, if your roster can attach these fans and get these fans hooked in, then you don't need a name. Because these right. fans are going to tell their friends, and their friends are going to tell them, and you just need a good, solid roster. And that's one of the reasons I, I brought in, you know, uh, the Spirit of Detroit are coming for this show. A phenomenal tag team. I'm a huge fan of theirs. Um, you know, just two amazing guys in the ring, out of the ring. And that's one of the reasons – I brought them in because i I love their work. I think you know what they do in the ring is amazing, both of them, and the chemistry right. they have together is amazing and I feel like that 's a team these fans interest, and that will keep these fans coming back, same with the Coger brothers I mean this is just right. an amazing uh, an amazing gimmick they're amazing workers, and they put time if you look at their if you look at their face pa- their Facebook page, the Coger brothers. You just see, Uh they put so much time and investment into not only themselves, their characters and everything. And and the minute I saw them, the minute I saw one of their videos, they put together my first, thought was, holy shit. I need these guys on my roster. I need these guys. Absolutely. Talking to them and working with them. They're so, they're so ready to learn. They're so ready to to work. They just want to work. And I, I love that. They have that drive that a lot of people lose. You know, especially with the indies, you deal with a lot of bullshit, a lot of the politics, a lot of the, you know, stuff that just makes you not want to give it your all. But these kids, just they they put their all into everything. You can just tell they're ready to to go out there and they just want to have the best match of the night. They're not worried about big paydays. They're not worried about anything else but having the best match they can have.
2: Right, absolutely, and that's what and that's what guys need to be worried about. And that's that comes back to what I, you know. Carter was saying, you know, to me about me caring too much. You know, do I care about my fans? Absolutely. But I also care about being the absolute best that I can be for the product that I'm, you know, being used for. Whether it's UWL, whether it's VWF, whether it's Code Red, or by some miracle back to RWA. You know, that's what it has to be about putting everything I, I have of myself into that.
0: And that's one of the things that impressed me. Cause I'm mean, like, I said, you know, when I first met you at the shamrock, you know, you were still learning and you were just watching everything. You're taking everything in. And then, you know, eight years later, I come back to VWF and you're there and, and you really kind of became a locker room leader, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, that was so random. <laughs>
0: I mean, you have Bill who, who I love bill to death, no matter how many times he fires me. Um, I love Bill to death. I think he built, he's an amazing person. I mean, he's one of the only promoters I've ever met that, you know, hands you your pay as soon as you come in the door. He does everything to make you feel comfortable in the locker room. He keeps a lot of the BS out of his locker room. He got rid of some more BS after I left, I heard, but I'm not going to talk about that.
2: We're not shooting there.
0: No, I'm not. You know, I know you got close ties with him, so I'm not going to say anything. Um, you know, but you know, and I respect Bill a lot. But you know, with the wrestling mind, Bill, you know, he 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 came pretty much as an outsider from the business. Um, right. So seeing you step, you know, seeing you step up and be that locker room leader, and you know, you kind of hold that locker room meeting, you know, and. and it it made me proud to see you come that far personally, because I I remember who you were to where you are now. So, you know, and and I got to say, you know, congratulations on that. Congratulations to coming in on your own and, you know, and and kind of taking the reins and, and leading that horse.
2: Thank you. And, you know, and that's the thing too, like working for Bill has been full circle for me because Bill and his son was at RWA when I first started there. When I was still Jay Ice, when I was getting the Ice Obama chance every every month, you know, Bill was there. Bill was a fan of mine, and like I said, he reached out to me first. And that, to me, I made an impression on him and his child that long ago, that he knew when I was quote unquote free agent that he wanted to bring me in right from the door. You know, and that that to me that's that's humbling to me, to know that I was young, green, and god awful terrible. But I made a big enough impression on that man for him to want to bring me in. And I love that. And I love that about him. You know, for whatever reason, he's fired you twice. Eh, It's the wrestling business. Never say never. You know what I mean? It happens. Right. It happens. And for me, it's to be able to go back there eventually in some capacity is going to be fantastic for me. Um, Like I said earlier, I, I will be there in April in some capacity. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. Obviously not as an in-ring competitor because my in-ring career there is over, but my in-ring career is over as James Dean. or the son of strong style, James Dean, but not as James Dean. So I guess we'll just have to see what happens with that. said, hey. I am ready to get my next cup of coffee and I have a whole bunch of extra stuff I have to do because my kids got school in the morning. So with that, sir, I bid you adieu.
0: And I appreciate you coming on the show. It's always great to catch up with you. And I'll be seeing you in yeah, you know, on, on May sec on uh, May sixth, we'll be seeing you as you go against Josh Robin or Carter Robinson, uh, for that UWL title. You know, and you never know I may see you in Cleveland on your birthday if you decide to make that trip.
2: You know, I actually think I'm gonna make that trip. It's gonna be a great birthday present. <laughs> Punch Carter Robinson right in the mouth. Facebook that, bitch.
0: Maybe we'll we'll have uh, that contract sign in. All right. So uh, before we go, I just want to remind everyone you can catch us. uh, You can listen to us on Stitcher and iTunes. uh, If you want to catch a replay of the show, uh, the Stitcher app, once again, or you can download it on iTunes, on your iPhone, Android, Nook, iPad, all that stuff. Uh, So for our last 15 seconds, once again, James Dean, thank you so much for coming on. I uh, appreciate it, and I will see you maybe next Saturday. We can do that little contract signing.
2: Absolutely, Mr. Miller. Thank you. Have a wonderful night, Thank brother.
0: You, you too.